The scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter, beginning with the 13th verse. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one living in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb, and he found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going on further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table, he took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two told what they had happened on their way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the lesson for this morning. So this morning we have 
a story of two friends walking along, making their place from one place, a place of hope, turned to despair, a place of perplexity, and a place of the unbelievable tales of women, to another place, Maus. Frederick Buchner has written evocatively in the magnificent defeat, his book, of the many ways we seek to find a place and Emmaus to run to when we have lost hope or don't know what to do. A place of escape, of forgetting, of giving up, or of deadening our senses and our minds, perhaps our hearts too. A place to go when all of our hopes have been dashed against the shore. Maybe, maybe this is where you come. Or maybe you have another place you go. The Emmaus in our own life. And here are these two going home with their tails between their leg, if you will. Experiencing defeat, confused, filled with wonder and not sure what to believe anymore. They thought Jesus was the one, but now they're not sure. And yet there are stories. They don't know if they should believe Him. They don't know if they sound right. They don't know if they should dare believe. Because logic tells them that it's all over. And it's time to get their heads out of the clouds and be grounded on earth. Time to go back to what they used to do. Maybe a little less hopeful, a little less starry-eyed. Time to go back to Emmaus. And listen to our mother say, I told you. <laughs> I told you so. Because she loves us and doesn't want us to get hurt. But Jesus says to them, Oh, how foolish you are. Oh, how foolish you are and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. They're off to Emmaus to mourn, to figure out how to move on. They're going into the future less wide-eyed, a little less hopeful, a little less confident in what they believe. In other words, they walk away from this experience jaded by the harshness of hopes dashed. But Jesus says to them, oh, how foolish. Don't be so silly. I can relate to this. Jesus says this to me a lot. Oh, Curtis, you're so silly. You're so foolish. If you've, if you've been in my office, you see that there's a giant picture of Jesus laughing and this is what I think of when I look at that picture. Oh, Curtis, <laughs> get over yourself. <laughs> you are so silly, so foolish. When I start to worry about the little things that I make into really big things, Jesus says, oh, how foolish you are. How silly to get so hung up on these things. When I try to hold on to control, when I know good and well that it is God who should be calling the shots, not me, 
I hear that voice. Curtis. You, you know better than that. Don't be so foolish. When I have doubts, when I have fears, when I have misgivings, when I experience failure, and I think, see, I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew I wasn't. I knew I'd mess it up. I knew everyone was right when they told me I couldn't do it. Jesus says, don't be so silly. Don't be so foolish. I've given you everything you need. Don't doubt me. Don't doubt yourself. How foolish I am to try and hold on and do it without help, do it without strength, do it without courage. Jesus reminds me that the world is not like the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is not like this world, and that I belong to the kingdom of God. Jesus reminds me that no one ever said it was going to be easy. Jesus reminds me, oh, how foolish I am and how easily I forget. What a foolish question, Curtis. What should I believe? Where's the hope? Oh, don't be so foolish. <laughs> Jesus urges me, listen to all that I have said. Listen to all that I have done. See all that I have accomplished in your life. How many times do you have to pray to me and have that prayer come true? How many times do you have to open up Scripture and hear me talking to you? How many times do I have to get you through something that you couldn't, didn't think you could get through for you to know that I'm there, that I will get you through? That I'm going to walk alongside you in this journey and that I'm not going anywhere. I don't care what rumors you hear about me being dead, says Jesus. Don't believe it. These two friends experience this harsh lash from Jesus. Oh, how foolish you are. Don't you know what is said? Don't you know what's been said about me? Don't you know what's been done? Haven't you seen the miracles I've done in your life, in the lives of others? And when they come to them senses like me, oh, don't go, stay with us then. I love this part. Jesus is going to go on. But they say, no, 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 don't go. It's late. Come stay with us. So he goes in and says to them, uh, and you know, I'm like these two on the road. After getting schooled by Jesus, they're eager for more. You know, you're right, Jesus. That makes sense. Tell me more. I'm so excited. You know, there's this thing. When, when you, even when it feels like you're getting you know, slapped back by Christ, you can't help but stand up and go, Wow, I'm so, that's great. Give me some more. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have another, we used to say in the Air Force. And you get so excited. Stay with me. And you get eager. Well, I, we, I have a friend like that. I won't name her name, Valerie. But <laughs> I have a friend who's so excited about faith right now that she, we talk about it at every gathering we have and we're just, and she's so fascinated and so excited and we just we want to hear more we want to we want to dig deeper we want to have more of that and while though 
those two are sitting at the table reveling in how right Jesus is. Oh, you're so right. That's, that makes so much sense now that I see it that way. He breaks the bread. And they remember that night when Jesus said, remember me. And I will be with you all the days of your life. I'm not going anywhere. Remember that I am there. And all of a sudden their eyes were opened. This is a clear case of where believing is seeing. Where it's turned around and all of a sudden their eyes are opened and they recognize him. Believing is seeing. I know the world will tell us different, but like so many things in Scripture, it's about faith. It's about believing that in a world where God raises carpenters from the dead, anything is possible. Amen? It's about believing that there is something more. That there is more than just me. There is more than just you. There is us. It is about believing that there is more. More than just the things that have happened to me. And more than just the things that I have done. It's about believing that there is more. That it doesn't end with the tomb, but that there is more. And in fact, that, that tomb lays empty while Jesus comes alongside. Walking down a road to a place of mourning that is turned into a place of rejoicing. Now, I don't mean to get all jeezly here about it, but it is about believing that, in, that Christ that is that constant companion and being transformed by that. It is about believing that by seeking to emulate the life Christ urges us to live, that we will experience that something more and more and more. And even more than that, the world will become a better place for it. That it will become a closer reflection of the kingdom of God that God aspires to, that Jesus told us about and lived and died and rose for. It's about believing that hope is not dead, nor will it die. The world took its best shot. Innocence and grace and compassion were nailed to a cross and locked in a tomb, but even that could not stop it. The rock is rolled away and the tomb is empty. Hope lives on. Amen? We're not our hearts burning while he was talking to us on the road. Looking back, they realized that they had that hope, they had that faith, they had that... They knew it all along. I knew it. Why did I believe, why did I believe those things? I knew it. I should have listened to my mother. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, how foolish I was. Oh, how foolish they were. That same hour, they, they, when they recognized that all that they had hoped for, all that they had longed for, all that they had wanted out of this Messiah was there. It didn't happen the way they wanted it. They didn't, it didn't happen the way they expected it. It didn't happen 
the way they were told to expect it. But all that they had dreamed of and hoped for was there. So excited were they that they got up that same hour. And remember, it was late. Everyone was going to bed. Jesus, don't go. It's late. You're, it's, you don't want to be out on the road. It's late. We're ending the day. It's late. They don't care. Seven miles. Seven miles back to Jerusalem. They're hoofing it. And they get back there to tell everyone, it's true. Have hope. Don't despair. It's true. All that we could dream of, all that we could long for, oh, how foolish we are. All that we ever wanted out of life, it's true. We've been given everything we need. Hope is not dead. Grace is not dead. Compassion is not dead. It lives on in you and me through the risen Christ. Amen? It's worth running to tell. Here's the thing. Once they realized it, they knew that they could choose to believe. And I have to say, you know, I think it's a choice. They could have said, you know, I'm, I'm still not seeing it. They could have gone on back to Emmaus and lived out their lives and not ever thought of it again. But they ran back to Jerusalem. And they said, others will doubt. Others will say no. Others will tell you that there's nothing to it. Others will tell you it's a lie, it's a trick. But they chose to say, no, I believe in the kingdom of God. I believe the man who came and explained things to me and told me how foolish I was and showed me that there's something more. And I believe I carry that spirit of that same person in my heart today. I pray that as we reflect on this time, this appearance of the risen Lord on a dirt road seven miles outside of Jerusalem, that we also will choose to be on that journey with Christ, to be shown grace and compassion, to be slapped back a little bit when we need to be, to be enlightened and through our choice of believing coming to see all that God promised us we would see let us pray great God how much we love you how much we rejoice how much we have seen in your son Jesus Christ who has risen from the dead and shown us that hope is not dead. Help us to embrace a life of learning, of walking along, of remembering, of allowing you to burn within our hearts. And help that excitement to well up within us and our eagerness for more spill over, making the world a place filled with grace and compassion. We ask all this in the precious name of Christ. Amen.